You're part of Constellation now. Part of our family. I'll follow you from here on out, Captain. We're all here because we're committed to the biggest question of all. What's out there? Grab jump is ready. I love this part. Welcome everyone to the Starfield Sandwich Podcast, a Starfield podcast by fans, for fans. I'm one of your hosts, Eric, aka Sulior, and we will be hearing from my co-host Kelsey, aka Mr. KDB, here shortly. But um, I guess we're gonna break one of our rules here um, on this show. We don't typically talk about rumors, but there have been some really strong rumors going around here, um, and we'll be addressing those, like I said, here in just a bit. Um, <laughs> Ooh, man, uh, the internet has really been set ablaze lately. Uh, before we get to that, though, I did want to go through what I've been playing lately and highlight um, one of the members in the community, actually a few, um, with uh, what I've been doing lately. So I have been playing Starfield. I'll get to that here in just a bit um, once I get into the Thing that's going on in February. Um, other than Starfield, I'll start with Baldur's Gate. I have been playing a ton of Baldur's Gate lately. Um, I picked it up around Christmas, and I have been loving the hell of it, hell out of it. Um, I've never played Baldur's Gate before. I've never really played D and um, I knew of the series. Of course, and I've always wanted to do a D&D campaign, but I've never really had the opportunity or the you know the time because you have to dedicate a hell of a lot of time to a D&D campaign. But um, yeah, I really wanted to check this out, and you know the internet, like all of my friends have been loving this game. And so I really wanted to check it out, and yeah, I have been absolutely loving it. I just started Act 3 yesterday, and yeah, it's it's been fantastic. Um, love chatting with everybody that I've been chatting with about the game, and uh, they've been some help um, with some areas that I've had a little bit of trouble with, and yeah, it's been wonderful. Um, another game that has been pretty uh how do i put this um polarizing i guess is the word is pow world i've been playing a lot of pow world i kind of took a you know short break from it um lately you know <laughs> it was uh really invested in Baldur's game i mean i still am but um some of my friends are quite a bit uh farther along the game than i am i just hit level 16 um in Pal World, say what you want about the game, whether it's you know a rip, a rip off of Pokemon. Pokemon clones have been out since Pokemon has been out. Um, now, whether or not they use AI, that's up for debate. I, I I tend not to put 
stock in rumors and speculation um, without any concrete proof. And people have been trying to uh, give concrete proof that, you know, Power World used AI to generate their their uh, creatures or they straight up ripped off Pokemon. You know, any Pokemon clone has uh, creatures that are inspired by a certain Pokemon. Now, the Leafeon clone does look like a straight up Leafeon. I'm not going to deny that. But here's the thing. The game is fun. Um, people have been shitting all over this game. But the game is fun. And games are meant to be fun. And I have been having a lot of fun with this game. And a lot of my friends have been having a lot of fun with this game. You know, it is it perfect? No. But what game doesn't have issues? I mean, hell, Starfield has issues. I've had issues with Starfield. But I still love the game. And there's a lot to enjoy. And it, it, one thing that's great about this game, I mean, it doesn't rip off the play of Pokemon. Like, the gameplay is completely different from Pokemon. Um, it's a lot more like Ark or Breath of the Wild. There's a lot of comparisons that I can make to Breath of the Wild to this game. Um, even the music uh, kind of sounds like Breath of the Wild to me. But um, one thing that's great about this game, and, and I mean, it's kind of like this with Breath of the Wild, where the farther along you get in the game, the more you level up, the more you craft things that will help you, the more the map opens up to you. Like, I'm going places that I didn't even know were there when I first started the game. So, yeah, um, say what you want about Power World. It's a fun game. And there's a lot to love about it. Um, and, yeah, it, it's, it's again, a lot of fun. And that's the most important thing to me about a game is that it's fun. Um, yeah, that that's um, really about it. I mean, I've been playing a lot of 76. Um, you can check out the recent tapes from The Waste that we put out um, where I talk about a lot of my 76 gameplay. And with Starfield, I've mainly just been, you know, I'm still playing Starfield quite a bit. I'm mostly focused on exploration and uh, taking pictures. So I have uh, surveyed quite a few systems, and I'm just about to wrap up with, uh, I think it's the Gloombridge system, and I'm trying to decide where to go after that. So, um... Yeah, I'll, I'm sure I'll um, think of something here pretty quickly. But yeah, I have been taking a lot of pictures in Starfield. And if you follow me on social media, you've probably seen quite a few of those. And that brings me to what um, I'm taking part in in February. As I'm recording this, it's uh, February 5th. And... Um, my good friend Jessica Starr is uh, hosting a virtual photography ABCs um, thing. Um, so basically what you do is each day of the month, um, you know, you start it with uh, February 1st, and that would be A. 
So you take a picture of something, and this doesn't have to just be Starfield. This could be Fallout, any game in the Fallout series as well. Um, last year it was only Fallout, but that was also because Starfield had, hadn't come out yet. So you go into one of these games, any other game in the Fallout series or Starfield, and take a picture of something that starts with A, and then you post it on Twitter. And um, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, just even thinking about something that starts with A. Most of my pictures have been locations. So with A, I took a picture of Ehrenhold Farms in Fallout 76. I took a couple, actually. And I put a sepia filter on it because I thought that looked really cool. And that was my A. Um, B, what did I do with B? Give me one second. I kinda, I forgot. So with B, I took a picture of Bessel 1. Uh, from Starfield and C was also a Starfield picture it was Crucible the uh, settlement on uh, Charybdis 3 and yeah it, one thing I wanted to do like is also highlight some of these things like I don't know how many people have actually done the quest with Crucible and if you haven't do yourself a favor and do it because it's such a memorable quest um, you meet a lot of interesting people in that quest and you know i'm definitely gonna be throwing some more starfield pictures in there as well um today as i'm recording this is e so i took a picture of the eye from space um and i wanted to include jemison in it as well because it's in jemison's orbit so i had to play with that picture a little bit because when i uh without a filter or even with a filter um it was it just looked up like straight up blue like all of Jemison was water. Um, so I had to play with the settings a little bit, like the brightness and contrast to actually make it look like Jemison has some land marks, or like land masses and things like that. But yeah, um, it's, it's definitely been a lot of fun and I think it's only gonna make me a better virtual photographer. So yeah, that is what's going on this month. If you want to take part in this, feel free to, and make sure you use hashtag uh, StarfieldABC or uh, hashtag FalloutABC, you know, for whatever picture. I want to say there's also a hashtag VPABC, so like virtual photography ABCs. So yeah, and um, I will probably find those and like them, retweet them, what have you. And yeah, it's. It's been a lot of fun and you know I'd, I'd never taken part of this in this before but um, yeah it's it's been great so anyway I am going to hand this over to my good buddy Kelsey and come in at the end with my thoughts on this whole um, ordeal whether it's true or not so take it away mr. KDB Thanks, Eric, for handing over to me. Yes, it is I, KDB, once again. Back for Starfield Sandwich. Happy New Year, everybody, because this is this is our first episode of 2024. Um, it's been a little while since the previous one. Hope everybody's okay. Hope you had a good holiday season and a good New Year and a good January. Um, yeah, it has been a little while since the previous episode, but... This felt like a really appropriate time to check in because 
We have some big news, and that's kind of the focus of my section for this episode, which I'm sure Eric has mentioned. Um, but before I get to the news, I am going to give a little update on what's been happening and what I've been doing. Um, I So since the previous episode, obviously it's a crazy time of year with Christmas and New Year, and I very much wanted to take a break from content and things like that, which I did, and Eric did as well. If you listen to our show Tapes, I kind of, uh, Tapes from the Waste, I kind of touched on that. Um, So I tried to have a nice Christmas break. I got COVID over the Christmas holidays, went back to work in January, which was incredibly busy, and then I got COVID again for the second time in four weeks. And the second time I got it, it absolutely wiped me out, and it was horrible. And so my, my January was despite being busy with work and managing to get both an episode of Gears Intel out, which is my Gears of War show, and an episode of Tapes from the Waste out uh, towards the end of January. Uh, January was kind of mostly a write-off for me in terms of like feeling productive. I mean, that's not true. I felt productive, um, but I, I had lots of plans and things like kind of jotted in like a couple of videos I wanted to do and stuff. I didn't get to do any of them because a lot of my t- time was taken up by work and not feeling very well. Um, but I did manage to get lots of gaming in. Um, those who follow me on Twitter will have seen that uh, my buddy Steve and I had, Steve from First Aid Spray, had some friendly competition to get the most gamer score possible between us. Not between us, you know, for each of us to, to try and get the most gamer score, gamer score on Xbox in the month of January. And we had so much fun spurring each other on. And I played a lot of games and I've also been tracking on my Twitter my completed games of the year so far uh, and my tally is 11 games so far so go and check them out come and follow me at k underscore d underscore b underscore I am still on Twitter for now uh, and yes it is still Twitter because it's still it still says Twitter in the URL in the web address so still Twitter to me still Twitter um, yes yeah, so I've got lots of gaming in which was good Um, lots of diverse gaming and and kind of ticking off some back catalogue and things like that. So yeah, it's been, it's been okay, but it's been a little while since our previous Starfield episode. Um, We, uh, I personally haven't played a lot of Starfield. I've jumped in a little bit since the previous episode. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned, but, but I did, I did get all the achievements and I hit level 100 and then I was umming and ahhing about, am I going to continue with New Game Plus um, or am I going to create a new character? <clears throat> and I continued with New Game Plus uh, for a bit uh, and then came back because <laughs> I didn't like doing it. And I think, you know, my my plan was always to just focus on, okay, make a new character because I am obviously very keen for DLC and more updates and stuff like that, but how can I tide myself over in the meantime? And there isn't a great deal about New Game, New Game Plus that really grabs me, so I thought starting afresh and, and trying a different route would be the best way to go, which I know is not how a lot of people play it, but, you know, that's fine. Well, I mean, that's not true. Everyone makes lots of characters, but a lot of the people I kind of follow, they, they generally stick to their character and plough through with that. Um, but I haven't been playing a lot of Starfield, uh, just jumping in and out. I jumped in uh, for a little bit after the recent update came out as well. Um, unfortunately, the quests I had bugged are still bugged and I can't complete them. So I'm, I'm going to have to create a new character to see them through. It's nothing major. They were just small side quests, uh, something to do with the Ebside Strikers um, in Neon, which is a shame. But, you know, that's fine. It happens with these games. I'm used to it as a Bethesda fan. Um 
Yeah, uh, but my plan going forward is to do a bit more Starfield gameplay because I've been watching what Eric has been doing. Um, and he has been, I mean, he's as he's talked about, he's been getting really into using photo mode and stuff. And every time I see his screenshots, it kind of makes me yearn to want to play the game, to play Starfield. So I've been really missing it. Even though I've jumped in a little bit, yeah, I haven't played it enough. And because I was plowing through all those games in January, I was kind of preoccupied with other stuff. There isn't really anything I'm desperate to play right now. I'm going to play Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, but apart from that, not a lot going on. Not much in my back catalogue. I want to get to Cyberpunk at some point, but I know that that's such a big undertaking. Like, that and Baldur's Gate 3 are two games that's like, right, when I start these, I'm looking at 80 to 100 hours, right? And, yeah, I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of doing that at the moment so I'm just kind of sticking to more brief um gaming experiences and I heard Suicide Squad is only like a 10 12 hour campaign which is all I really want to play it for I'm kind of not interested in the live service aspect um <clears throat> excuse me my throat is a little bit hoarse as well I uh I I had a weekend with some friends and we went out we went on a night out which I've not done in maybe a year and a half <laughs> maybe longer had a few drinks, uh, drank more than I have in a little while, uh, and um, I'm still feeling it two days later, because <laughs> I'm fragile and old. Um, yes, yeah, so apologies for the hoarse voice. But yes, yeah, so gaming, getting a nice lot of game time in, just chilling in the evenings after my busy days at work, um, not producing a lot of content, but we did. I did get episodes at... Um, maybe I'm being too hard on myself. In January, I actually did two episodes of First Aid Spray. One was a, a one of the video shows that we do, Tear Death Experience, where we ranked a lot of enemies from uh, Resident Evil 2. And the other was... Uh, oh, my mind is completely blanking. What else did we do? Oh, we did the... Um, so the Resident Evil 2 remake had a five-year anniversary. So we did like a... we. The, the podcast had previously done a review of the game when it came out, but I wasn't involved in that. So uh, myself and Cy and Steve and James, we did a revisiting of the game five years later with the context of all the other remakes that have come out. So that was really fun. So if you like Resident Evil, go and check that out. So yeah, maybe, like I say, maybe I'm being hard on myself because I did a bunch of stuff for, for First Aid Spray, Gears Intel episode and Tapes from Waste. And yeah, plowing on. 2024 is going well so far. I, I produced more podcast. I was in, directly involved with and produced more podcast episodes in 2023 than I have in any previous year. I think it was like nearly 60 episodes across all the shows I'm involved in, which, so you know, that averages out about one a week, maybe maybe slightly more. Um, and I guessed it on some other shows as well. So it was a busy year last year, and I want to try and keep up that pace. But yes, so maybe January was okay. And uh, I think I just felt terrible because of getting COVID that second time. And I really got the brain fog as well, which people talk about. But anyway, en- enough enough kind of boohooing about me. That's, so yeah, that's kind of in short what I've been up to. But the main thing I wanted to touch on today, we wanted to kind of get a hold of this while it was fresh and new and give our reactions to it. I know, I, I think Eric's going to give his two cents a little bit after my section here. But you know, I like getting into the nitty gritty side of this kind of thing when it comes to the platform and things outside the game as well, which some of you may not be interested in. But, you know, this is I I do find I take a lot of interest in the whole broader 
gaming world, even though that at the core of it, the games are really kind of the only thing that matter to me, but the games don't potentially don't exist without platforms or don't exist without hardware, potentially, you know, everything's kind of in flux and going in weird directions. So, and Starfield is the big talking point because yes, we had some news, we had some big news. Um, For those that don't know, if you've been living under a rock, um, I'm just going to pull up the article here. So, Xbox Era, who uh, are an Xbox website and channel and podcast that covers Xbox and gaming, and I'm I'm a fan of these guys. I'm a fan of Xbox Era. I I, I think I probably listened to their. Show. I don't really visit their website, but the podcast that they do, I listen to most weeks. They do a weekly show. I check out their reviews. I think Jesse at Xbox Era is really good and honest and authentic with his reviews. And they, yeah, they they are a um. They're one of my go-to, one of my go-tos, I suppose. But yeah, I suppose one of my go-tos for for Xbox content because there's not many out there that are really great. And Xbox Era do some stuff and, you know, share some opinions sometimes that maybe I don't agree with, but that kind of doesn't matter. What doesn't matter? What matters is their coverage generally feels authentic and not clickbaity. And yeah, I get a lot from them. So I woke up this morning and was a bit shocked to see well, shocked is the wrong word, because as I'm going to touch on in a minute, there's a large part of this that is completely unsurprising. But if you've been living under a rock, I'm just going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the article for you. So uh, if you already know the article, you've read it, you can probably skip forward two minutes. Um, but for those that don't know, Xbox Era have an exclusive. Microsoft plans Starfield launch for PlayStation 5. For many weeks now, rumours have persisted regarding Microsoft's intentions to release a number of first-party games, namely Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves, on rival platforms. According to our sources, who have asked to remain anonymous because they were not authorised to talk about the company plans, that list of games also includes Bethesda Game Studios' Starfield. Starfield released back in August 2023, the end of August, yeah, early September, to a fairly positive reception, despite the narrative that now exists online, and was the biggest Bethesda game launch of all time, surpassing 6 million players within a week of release. Now it looks as though Microsoft are planning on bringing Bethesda's newest RPG universe to an entirely new platform, PlayStation 5. According to the sources, we understand that currently Microsoft are planning a launch for Starfield on PlayStation 5, post the release of the already announced Shattered Space expansion for Xbox and PC, which is on target to arrive at some point later this year. We've also been informed that Microsoft have made additional investment into PlayStation 5 dev kits to support ongoing development development efforts, adding further fuel to the fire. As the already existing rumours have suggested, the idea of bringing first-party titles to competing console platforms marks a massive change in strategy for Microsoft, and from what I understand, it's not been without fierce internal debate on this new direction. Releasing Starfield on PlayStation 5 contradicts the original statement around exclusivity made by president of Xbox Sarah Bond during the Xbox and Bethesda Game Studios Summer Showcase of 2021. According to our sources, Microsoft's senior leadership have reportedly debated the various pros and cons of releasing more than their exclusive soft releasing more of their exclusive software elsewhere, and internally not everyone is necessarily happy with the decision decision, excuse me, but recouping the potential money left on the table by releasing it elsewhere has arguably won out. According to sources, Hi-Fi Rush's release on rival platforms is tentatively planned for quarter one this year, and we've been advised to expect Microsoft to make a more public announcement on this news on this new strategy this month. 
How do you feel about stuff with coming to PlayStation 5? After all, let us know in the comments. So yes, that is directly from Xbox Series website. Go check out the website, subscribe to the YouTube. Um, now, we usually wouldn't kind of dwell on rumour and speculation, rumour and innuendo, if you like. But the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I know, as somebody who follows Xbox era, this this hasn't gone out. This hasn't gone out unless there is some serious, serious smoke to the fire. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, this report is is fully accurate. It's fully legit. And I am now in a frame of mind where last week, you know, if you'd have asked me, and I said, no, it's not coming to, to PS5 because I, I felt it was fully locked down and was on PS5. Now, just from reading this article and knowing how Xbox era are trying to conduct themselves, they're, they're kind of staking their reputation on this. This wouldn't go out yet unless it was legit. Now, obviously, plans can change. Nothing has been officially confirmed. That has to be stressed. Nothing has been confirmed. We don't know who these sources are, but I, yeah, I just wanted to talk about it because of the validity I see in what Xbox era do, and this wouldn't be put out to just, you know, kick up a fuss and cause and stoke engagement and all that. No. Somebody at Microsoft or Xbox, somebody legit has been speaking to people at Xbox era. And so they're either being fed false information or this is happening. You know, all the plans can change. So that's why I wanted to talk about it a bit more today. In terms of my immediate reaction, I suppose you could say... Um, I'm actually not that surprised, um, given as the article kind of talks about, um, we kind of already knew, even though there's been nothing official announced, that it looks like some other Xbox games are coming to other platforms like Switch and PlayStation. Um, so when I when I read it initially, I was just like, oh, okay, I'm unsurprising. But the more I sort of read it, I read it a couple of times, and the more I thought about it, I yeah, this this one definitely has bigger implications for Xbox as a platform and a brand than I would argue something like Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves does. So there's a couple of ways to look at this, really. On the one hand, me personally, and I've, I've struggled to find a hard argument against this, more people playing Starfield, more people playing more games is brilliant. That's a great thing. That's a good thing double thumbs up on that one a big pit boy vault boy thumbs up um to me it makes no difference where games are as a player and as a gamer um <clears throat> i you know i've i've kind of talked about possibly on this show or some of my other shows in the past um uh how game pass gets more games to people and game pass potentially being being available on other platforms is good you know and it being available on tv and, and cloud and all that good more games to more people um there's also there is absolutely an argument for exclusivity i mean one um, exclusivity kind of exists because it's what lots of people do um you know I, I think Xbox have made clear in the past, or at least people at Microsoft, that they would rather not do exclusive stuff, but they do it because they kind of have to because the competition does, because PlayStation do and Nintendo do. Um, there's also something to be said for how exclusivity does kind of add 
interest to a game. Now, this is usually more beneficial when it's a smaller game or a smaller indie game. I can't remember if it was on this show or one of my other shows. I talked about how games like last year we had uh, Scorn and Stray, which were two exclusive games for a while on um, uh, uh, Xbox and PlayStation 5 um, or or PlayStation 4 as well, um, you know, respectively. And I would argue that neither of those games would have got the coverage and kind of, you know, hype behind them that they did had they not been exclusive because they were both very small, kind of short, nice looking, you know, artistic games, great games. Um, but the fa- the very fact they were exclusive, I think, helped the marketing and helped more people play them, helped them sell more copies. Um yeah, and I think that's just, there's kind of, there's no argument against that. It makes perfect sense. It makes far less sense, I suppose, f- when the games are huge. Because, I mean, with something like, you know, well, when I think of the big exclusives with Sony and Play- uh, with PlayStation and Xbox, f- from what I understand... As good as those games are for PlayStation, people don't buy PlayStations for those exclusives. I'm not, I'm not saying nobody does. There are some people who do. What I mean is, in the broad sense, in terms of the numbers and the sales, nobody's buying... Well, not nobody. <laughs> most people... Not nobody. Most people are not buying uh, a PlayStation to play God of War. They will play it because they have a PlayStation... But the facts and the numbers and the data tells us that most people on PlayStation are playing Call of Duty, FIFA, Fortnite, etc. As far as I'm aware, the same applies for Xbox. But I believe that the margin is tighter. I think more people do buy Xbox for the exclusives than they do on PlayStation when you look at what are the most played games on Xbox. Because Halo Infinite is often up there. Forza is often up there. Starfield was up there a lot. (laughs) Although I don't know if it spiked the game. Uh, If it spiked the console sales. Console sales. I could barely talk. Um, So yeah, so... uh, Exclusivity is a weird thing. Uh, I think it. I think the industry has definitely been moving away from it more and more. Even Sony are. There's games. Hell Divers is on PC day one at the same time that it's on PlayStation. Right. I know that's not first party, but they're basically treating it like first party. Um, the PlayStation games are coming to PC a year later. D- didn't Death Stranding come to PC like six months later or something like that? So, Sony get it. <laughs> <laughs> they get that they need to sell those games. Um, yeah. Xbox are in this weird position where they can afford to do not exclusive stuff. But, you know, like any business, no matter how much money they, they've got, they're not just going to keep pumping money into, into ventures that lose money and don't make profit forever. Even though they could fund it, there's no reason why they would it doesn't matter how much money they have as you know them being worth three trillion or whatever it is um 
So yeah, there's a couple of ways to look at it. As I said, as a gamer, to me, it makes no difference where the games are. It's amazing. I The thought of being able to say to my PS5 owning friends, guys, like later this year, Starfield is coming out for PS5. You'll finally get to play it. And, you know, these people I know that aren't going to buy an Xbox um, <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, yeah, that's brilliant. Like, that's, that is awesome. That is really, really awesome. Um, and then, you know, just on the issue of Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves, I feel like they are, they're actually natural kind of choices to go to other platforms. I'm kind of, I fully encourage that they go to other platforms. Starfield is different, which I'll get to, but, you know, Hi-Fi Rush was, well, Sea of Thieves is it's old for a start. What is it, five years old? Something like that. It's also a live service game and kind of lives and dies on player base. Um, I, d- I don't think, <sighs> I say, I was going to say, I don't think anyone's upset about Sea of Thieves potentially going to PlayStation. Um, I don't play Sea of Thieves, so maybe I'm ignorant. I haven't seen the kind same kind of outcry about Sea of Thieves going to PlayStation as I have with Starfield. And I think that is because Sea of Thieves does make sense for the reasons I just outlined. So that's cool. More people get to play it. And then Hi-Fi Rush, although it's only a year old or just over a year old, it is a smaller title and it could do with the exposure. Um, It's such a great game. You know, Critical Darling. Everybody sort of loved it when it came out. I think people who played it loved it. But did that many people play it? I um, kind of understand that maybe they didn't. Um... We don't have, you know, a bit like Netflix. Xbox doesn't tell you exactly how many people are playing what game at any one time or whatever. Um, It obviously is on PC as well, um, isn't it? I don't think I'm mistaken there. Please do correct me if I'm wrong. Um, But yes, Hi-Fi Rush feels like it deserves a bigger audience, right? And it could really benefit from being on Switch and PlayStation, and this is stuff that people have said. Nothing. I feel like I'm not saying anything out of turn here. Um, so yeah, there's kind of no complaints there. Um, so from a player perspective, I'm you know, and as a supporter of gaming and games and wanting studios and devs to do well, yeah, Sea of Thieves on PlayStation, great. Hi-Fi Rush on PlayStation, great. No problem. Like it's kind of dumb that you know Hi-Fi Rush would be exclusive forever. And a live service game being exclusive forever. It's just it just doesn't make that much sense. Um you do have the question of messaging, you know, which as we've seen has been a bit back and forth. Publicly, executives at Microsoft and Xbox can't seem to be saying the same thing. Um I'm not gonna rehash all of that, but um, you know, some of some of them are saying yes, they're gonna be everywhere. That includes the rival platforms, and then other people are saying, no, they're not. <laughs> and it, so there's clearly a bit of an internal messaging war going on at Microsoft. Um, so it is confusing, and I do think they need to clarify what's going on. However, <laughs> at the same time, they have, you know, through the means of Game Pass, been trying to say more games everywhere as much as possible in front of many people. They haven't ever ruled it out completely that it was going to that games would be going to other platforms, and I think the actual line that has been used across the board has been 
it will be case by case, case by case. And I don't mean um, Xbox Studios games. What I mean is when they bought Bethesda, when they're buying Activision Blizzard, because, you know, everybody's kicking up a fuss. Microsoft owns all of these games and they're going to all be Xbox ex- Xbox exclusive. I don't think anybody thought when... <sighs> Am I being stupid here? I don't think anybody thought when Microsoft bought Bethesda that... <clears throat> every single Bethesda game going forward forward was going to be exclusive. Because they said that that's not the case. They said it would be a case-by-case basis. And then the same with Activision. So there is no contradiction there with messaging. However, this is where stuff gets a bit sticky for me. With a game like Starfield, this is something that they quite strongly put the word exclusive behind. Um, they, from all accounts, cancelled the PlayStation version um, because they understood that, okay, we're we're acquiring Bethesda. Not every game in future is going to be exclusive, but this is a big one. we'd, We'd like to have another big exclusive. Sony have their big exclusives. Nintendo have their big exclusives. Xbox has a few, maybe not as popular as some of the other exclusives on the other platforms. That's fine. And they saw an opportunity and thought, yeah, okay, we're going to make this one exclusive. We're going to, it's going to help encourage, you know, Game Pass signups. It's going to help encourage sales of the consoles. Makes sense. It makes sense from, you know, a business decision, a business decision. Um, excuse me. Um, which sounds kind of like, you know, uh, you know, cynical and just like, oh, but what about the gamers? But, but the thing is, Starfield being exclusive to Xbox doesn't appear appear to have hurt its success. There's other things which may have, you know, we've been over it on this show. Um, but just looking at player base, success on Steam, success on Xbox, copies sold, players within the game, millions. Starfield is a success. Could could Xbox have done with some higher numbers on Metacritic? Absolutely. But to me, it's it's wild that they would be banking. It sounds like they're banking the exclusivity of Starfield off of maybe some warm reception on some of the reviews and a Metacritic score. Because loads of people bought Starfield. People people chose to purchase Starfield on C- on PC, on Steam. The game has done very well. Now, did it do as well as they like? Apparently not. This is the sticky part to me because where we've established that Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves, yep, natural choice. I could probably think of 10 other games. It felt like they were making Starfield an Xbox game. And yes, I know it's not an Xbox Studios game. It's it's a Bethesda game. But it felt like they were like, this is one that we want to nurture. You know, they gave the time and support to Bethesda to make it the best it could be for the Xbox platform. And I think, and they did it and they pulled it off. And despite you know, discourse online, the game has been a success. But maybe I'm ignorant. Maybe I'm ignorant. Maybe they had projections which they have not met. And maybe there's been a shift in their strategy because although, like I say, it's unsurprising because of the rumours of the other games, I I do, I'm unsure um, that Starfield moving to PlayStation 5 doesn't do 
any damage to Xbox's brand and potentially the platform in future, which to me, as somebody who chose to invest in Xbox, I don't have a PlayStation. And the reason I don't have a PlayStation, to be quite frank with you, is is money. Like, consoles are a long-term investment. And I could, I could probably buy a PS5, like, if I... Like, saving money is difficult, you know? You know, I'm... I'm this is... um spending 500 pounds or whatever it is on a playstation 5 out of nowhere like i get like i might get one opportunity to do that like in 12 months somewhere and that's as long as no other big expenses expenses have come up or something like that um i remember when i got an xbox one uh i was working a very uh good job at the time and i kind of went all in on it and I could kind of justify doing it. And I, I sort of considered getting a PS4 because that was maybe the only time in my life where I could afford both consoles at the same time. Uh, but I didn't because it was quite expensive, the, <laughs> the Xbox One. Um, whatever you think of it. Um, the uh, And yeah, and on this occasion, you know, with the Series, Series X, the reason I got it was the All Access program. It allowed me to get the Xbox on finance, uh, zero percent interest interest free it allowed me to pay it off over a couple of years and fantastic it allowed me to stay involved in the ecosystem that i've been a part of since 2006 at an affordable you know um affordable bunch of payments and yeah whereas playstation wanted 500 quid from me out of nowhere and i'm not in that ecosystem so yeah so i've chose to continue investing in in xbox because it's the hardware I prefer playing on, um, I prefer the controller, I prefer cloud saves, prefer their backwards compatibility. I just prefer the UI and how it works. I prefer how achievements work. Although I say that achievements need some kind of equivalent of platinum trophy. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, yeah, when I even if I think back to 2006, it's like when I was weighing up, right, PS3 or Xbox 360, what route am I going? And I'd played the original Xbox. My brother had one, uh, which I played a lot of and loved Halo 2 and all that. Uh, but I was primarily a PlayStation player. Um, but Gears of War, that Gears of War commercial sold me. The Mad World uh, TV advert, that converted me to 360. That's when I made my first ever gamer tag, 2000, Christmas Day 2006. And then from then on, yeah, it was Halo 3. It was how Xbox Live just seemed to operate a thousand times better than any online functionality that PlayStation were doing. How, f you know, party chat worked and dealing with friends. And later, as I said, like cloud saves and backups, backwards compatibility, Game Pass, value for money, the controller. Um, I loved, you know, I'm the Xbox One, the use case that they aimed for when they launched, you know, the, the media, the the broadcast, you know, uh, the satellite box tie-in and everything and Xbox Snap TV and Connect. I, I was that use case. <laughs> That's why I invest. I know loads of people um, thought it was stupid, but they were ahead of their time. I mean, it's what it's how everything works now. Um, you know, Alexa runs my house now and Connect were doing it in a way that Alexa wasn't doing it as well at the time. Um, I was the use case for the Xbox One. I loved it. So I continued to invest in the platform um, I w I've never been a big purchaser of digital games, but I do have a digital library. You know, I have a bunch of them. I prefer to buy physical where possible, despite the fact most physical games don't even have the full game on the disc these days. Um, 
but yeah, it. I just don't know. I'm going around the houses a little bit, but Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves and some other games going to PlayStation and Nintendo, fantastic. I'm all for it. I think it, it makes no difference to the strength of the Xbox brand and the platform. But suddenly and seemingly U-turning on Starfield, that is a... Yeah, that is the one that's raising some questions. So although I'm not surprised... I do have questions. And although it doesn't contradict their messaging about case-by-case basis and stuff like that, I think people are confused and people are people are right to be kind of, you know, concerned is the wrong word. People are just right to have questions about what the forward-moving strategy is. Um, now, Microsoft themselves haven't confirmed all this. Plans can change. But, um, it, like I said, this feels like a decent source. It feels legit. Um, does it change how I feel about Starfield as the game? Nope, not at all. Still a fantastic game. Still love it. Still going to con- continue to play it. But yeah, it's a weird time to be an Xbox fan, I suppose. And I I know Eric plays a lot of games on PC as well. I don't play on PC. I don't play anywhere else. I just play on Xbox. I mean, aside from my retro consoles, you know, which I have loads of <laughs> I play there and I play on my ha- my old handhelds and stuff um yeah don't have a PlayStation 5 don't have a PC I'm all in on Xbox so it does raise my eyebrows and you know they they if they can come out and convince me and say look of course Starfield's going to PS5 look this is a it's a business sense you know from a business sense this allows us to sell more games and reinvest back into Game Pass and game development and stuff. And they need to underline it with the most important thing. Hardware is not going anywhere. Your digital libraries are not going anywhere. Xbox is still existing. They're going to have a big task to convince people to buy Xboxes. Not me. They've convinced me. If Xbox games continue to go to um, other platforms, you know, forever, and they say, yep, you know, even if they said... So even if they said Halo, uh, Gears of War, um, what else, Forza, you know, the big ones, Halo, Gears and Forza, they're all going to be coming to PlayStation in future. They're all going to be coming to Nintendo Switch 2 or whatever it is they're doing. I don't actually care as long as they say the hardware will continue to exist. Because like I said, I prefer the controller, I prefer the UI, the system and all the ecosystem of the hardware. I don't care where the games are. I think I did a whole thing on Gears Intel about how Gears of War going to PlayStation could benefit Gears of War in a massive way. It's a niche franchise these days, which is wild to think, you know? It's like a billion dollar franchise, but um, you know, the way that it is it operates gameplay wise as a third person cover shooter, that's not what people play these days. Gears of War has got its work cut out for it with Gears 6 to, you know, for that to sell in an age of, you know, popular looter shooters and all this kind of thing and open world and transitional, just transitional period we're in with live service and stuff. I'm not surprised there's been no Gears of War news because I'm sure the game's been a few iterations of exactly what it is and especially with how long they take to make. Anyway, it's another conversation. Go listen to Gears Intel <laughs> for my Gears of War talk. But yeah, from my perspective, I don't care where the games are. What I do care about is the Xbox the Xbox platform hardware 
box existing, whatever it is. I mean, you know, if we get to a point in the future where you don't, yeah, okay, you don't need a box because cloud is so good that you can just play it through your TV. But as long as I've still got that ecosystem that I've come to rely on and enjoy and the way that that works, I'm happy. <laughs> so that's all they've got to do with me. They just need to come out and underline that. Um, we've all thought hardware will go away for everybody at some point because that's just what happens with technology. I think they'd all, all the, um, you know, PlayStation, everybody, they wouldn't like to keep spending money producing the hardware if they thought there's a way we could just beam this to your TV or a little box. You know, there was a, supposed to be this little Xbox cloud machine that they were going to bring out, right? Um, I think it went through testing and it's, whether it's been cancelled or not, I don't know. And yeah, in cloud, it's still up for debate if that's ever going to be a real big thing. But my point is, my point is, for me, what matters is the hardware in the ecosystem. And they need, I think Xbox need to come out and guarantee that that still exists because maybe they feel like people aren't buying the Xbox for the games um, for the most part. People are buying the Xbox for Game Pass and, yeah, as I said, the ecosystem, cloud saving and the controller, <laughs> which, you know, they've always had the big thing about not being beaten on power, which potentially they're about to if this all this stuff about the apparent PS5 Pro comes out. Phil Spencer said there wasn't another Xbox coming out. So, yeah, they're going to lose the power game. Um Power is definitely an interest to me. I want the games to run well and look as good as they do. I have a 4K TV. I am a visual snob, um, but not in the sense that I think games need to look photorealistic, but, you know, I, I want them to run and look their best best within the content context of the style that they are, you know. Um, like Prince of Persia is 120 frames per second on the next-gen consoles, where I don't think it is on Switch, right? I think it's only 60. Um, and I have 120 frames uh, per second TV. So 120 hertz TV, sorry. So yeah, it's it's absolutely wild to think that they've kind of banked all this thing, on all this um, stock on Starfield being this big exclusive. Um, and that's the only confusing part of the messaging. There's no confusion in the, their games coming to other platforms, but it did feel like Starfield was one that they had nurtured to the point of, yeah, this this is ours. Yeah, it's Bethesda, but it's an Xbox game studios and Bethesda game. Um, I, I know it was in production before they acquired Bethesda, but look, we know Xbox were heavily involved in supporting Bethesda and giving them the time, as I mentioned, to make sure that the game launched smoothly. And it did. I think they pulled off the launch. They absolutely smashed it. And then, yeah, just sort of a year down the line to go, uh, no, maybe it needs to be on PS5. Questions, big, big questions. Um, I've been rambling a bit, but I just wanted to come on and vent because I, I don't really have any other place to do this. <laughs> so I'm not going to vent in a tweet. Um, I did make a funny tweet that, um, <laughs> well, I made a funny tweet. You could be the, the judge of that. I thought it was funny. I, I often am just tweeting for myself these days. Um, I said, yeah, I'm looking for what Starfield's about to become a 91 on Metacritic <laughs> because, yeah, you know why. You know why I'm saying that. Um, so, yeah, what do you think? Let us know. Um, I know Eric uh, isn't necessarily buying massively into these rumours and, you know, I, I get his perspective because, like I've tried to say, I actually don't care where the games are. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not important to me. 
but I am a fan of the ecosystem, the UI, the hardware. I think I think it's better than PlayStation. Like you can talk about games all you want and personally for me there are a lot of games on PlayStation I would absolutely have to play. One day I would. They look fantastic. Anytime I've used a PlayStation I do not enjoy the UI, I do not enjoy how it operates, I do not enjoy the store, the controllers are terrible. The new PS5, the PS5 controller is the best controller they've ever had. Easy, easy. It's still not as good as the Xbox controller. Um, Haptics, fine, great. It looks like haptics are coming to the Xbox controller with the next iteration anyway. So yeah, kind of relevant. Um, And some people don't like haptics in certain games. Um, But as a (laughs) thing to hold... Yeah, it's it's a, just a better controller, objectively, as far as I'm concerned. Unless you've got really tiny hands, the PlayStation contro- controller has never felt comfortable to my hand. Um, so yeah, there's all these reasons, and and I do, and I happen to, luckily for Xbox, be a huge Gears of War fan. Some people don't like it, so uh, that's absolutely fine. But it was a big factor in me originally investing in the 360, and why I've continued to to play wherever Gears of War is. But then through that. You know, I've come to love and appreciate and see what is so awesome about the platform and the hardware. So, yeah, I really hope Microsoft don't give up on the hardware and the platform because that's the main thing for me. Starfield being on PS5 is fantastic for players and I'm kind of all for it. But I am absolutely over here going, um, I hope this doesn't mean they're going to become Sega which sounds dramatic, I know. Um, there's a lot to be seen. There's still a lot for it to be clarified. Um, I try to, I try to be sort of indifferent about the business side of things, but you know, we have stuff that we enjoy. Um, it's possible for big companies to go away. It's possible for Sony to go away at any point. One or two wrong business, you know, decisions that are bad, bury entire empires. Look at Blockbuster you know they didn't adapt um look at the re- look at retail look at the high street you know businesses closing down left right and center from what i understand sony isn't working with great margins either so it feels like microsoft are here to disrupt um it feels like the old way of doing things you know and disruption is potentially a good thing right we all know stuff's changing. We we don't want to be paying £120 for a new game because of these astronomical budgets and stuff like that. Um, so I, ha- I do have concerns there. If Xbox was to go away and everything was to be left to Sony and the old model of... Do- the old way of doing stuff, I can't afford to play as many games as I've been playing these last few years. That's not really a world I want to live in. I want Xbox to be here and it's up to Microsoft and Xbox to give people reasons to continue investing in them. And is Game Pass good enough? Because it feels like that's what they're just kind of banking everything on. And then there's the hardcores like me where it's like, yeah, I want my cloud saves and my digital library. The only other real question or I suppose concern, concern question I have is that you know, this is currently a one-way street, um, which, you know, I'm talking about Microsoft being a disruptor and maybe they are the ones to change this. Who knows? But, you know, it's it's a one-way street. We're not getting 
the PlayStation games on Xbox. We're not getting Nintendo games on Xbox yet. It may still happen. Who knows? Um, I don't see PlayStation letting go of them so quickly, but I don't know. Nintendo, maybe they could be swayed. Um, or maybe they don't. Maybe they don't need to. You know, they sell bonkers numbers of their games and consoles. But so, so yeah, I think, I mean, the very fact that Microsoft are doing this it kind of hints to them maybe maybe they feel like they have no choice and so to try and disrupt the model to try and disrupt the way things are done and to take that risk is the only way to maybe succeed in the long term so yeah it's annoying it's a one-way street i i would love to know that you know starfield's going to ps5 oh and by the way um yeah god of war coming to xbox next year why not you know I don't, I don't even need God of War Ragnarok. I haven't played the first one yet. You know, well, no, it's not the first God of War game, but... So I would love to see it become a two-way street eventually. I'm happy to wait. I don't need exclusives at the same time as PlayStation, you know? I, I'm kind of cool with that. Like, Silent Hill remakes coming out. Silent Hill 2, I think it's exclusive to PlayStation for a year. Nah, it's kind of annoying. I got plenty of stuff to play. As long as I... It, the fact that I know that it it's very likely coming to Xbox later, cool. Knock yourselves out, Sony. Knock yourselves out, Konami. It's it's fine by me. So timed exclusivity, exclusivity I'm kind of less annoyed about because um, I know from a business standpoint, it makes a big deal because really that, you know, that's it, FOMO and all that. To me, FOMO is a joke and you shouldn't let it control you. Um, there's so many games out there. Go discover some new games, play them, buy them, find some indie games, spend your time playing other stuff. My backlog is huge as it is. So I'm fine with timed exclusivity. Yeah, I hope it becomes a two-way street. I mean, I can't imagine they're going to come out and say that anything's going away because yes, well, I don't know. I need to I need to correct myself there. And because Stadia and Google did exactly that and they refunded everybody. So yeah, it's actually not out of the realms of possibility that we reach a point one day where Xbox have Xbox and Microsoft have just said no. I'm sorry, it doesn't work anymore. Um, you may have bought 100 games in your digital library. Every single one of them are getting refunded. They can afford to refund people. I mean, it's going to cost them, what, a couple of billion? That's nothing to them. Um, they can refund everyone, no problem, and they would rather do that than fund a project that's not making them any money for the next 50 years. So I actually can see that happening as kind of doomy and, you know, scaremongery that sounds. Uh, but like I say, I can see it happening because it's happened. It happened with Stadia. So I don't want Xbox to go that route. I think now, obviously, they're in a better position than Stadia, from what I understand, and they've got more, you know, more more going for them. Why Stadia failed is not something I'm here to talk about. Um, terrible service. <laughs> Good technology, terrible service. But yeah, not here to talk about that. Um, yeah, Xbox uh, has a bigger empire, has a bigger legacy, it would be a real shame to throw all that away. So yeah, I don't think that's the route they're going, but clearly things are changing. Um, completely cool with more people playing more games. Completely cool with more people playing Starfield. But these questions are now there. What does this mean for the future strategy? What does it mean for the platform? What does it mean for the hardware? Because Starfield felt like it was sitting, along, sitting on the shelf alongside Halo, Gears and Forza. It felt like th this is ours. We're, this is an xbox game 
didn't feel like Hi-Fi Rush, didn't feel like Crash Bandicoot, didn't feel like Call of Duty. They own Call of Duty. We know that that's not being exclusive. No. Starfield felt different. So I'm very, very intrigued to see where things go. Um, I'd love to talk to you guys about it. Come and tweet me. You know, that's the best way to reach me. Uh, K underscore D underscore B underscore. Let me know what you think. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why I shouldn't be upset. Or tell me why I'm right, you know? That's, I'd say I'm, ups, I'm not upset. Tell me why I shouldn't have these questions. What do you think? Um, let us know in the comments on YouTube. All that kind of stuff. Right. I am going to pass it over to Eric. I'm probably still going to be tweeting about this and talking nonsense about it for the next few days. Uh, and then I'm going to play some more Starfield. <laughs> and just enjoy it. Because you know what? The game is damn good, man. The game is so good. I love Starfield. And... It's the, the silver lining to this, whatever happens, is I think many people who haven't got to experience Starfield yet, if this game is coming to PS5, I think they're going to love it too. So yeah, I'm going to sign off for now. Till next time, stay safe out there, travellers. Thank you so much uh, for your thoughts on this, Kelsey. Um, I mean, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I don't really put too much stock in internet rumors or innuendo or what have you. Um, I mean, how long has the switch to been uh, just around the corner? Like, uh, hey, it's going to release this year. Well, the switch has been out for over seven years now, and I think that the switch tumor. Switch tumor, uh, switch to rumors have been around for close to that amount of time, um, but you never know. And you know, Kelsey and I are both wrestling fans, and there's always uh, rumors going around about, oh, you know, this person's going through this, and, you know, this person's got an injury, so they're going to be out for this amount of time. This person has been doing this behind closed doors. You know, who who knows? Um, here, here's the thing, though. If this is true, I think this could be really good. Um, the ratings, we all know what happened to the, with the ratings with Starfield even before the game officially launched. There were so many people upset that it was going to be an Xbox exclusive that the rumor, the rumor, the review bombing was ridiculous. Um, and, you know, I've never really liked... Uh, exclusivity when it comes to any sort of media really um you know i think that they should be made available to as wide of an audience as possible and you know because that just means you'll be possibly making more money with it i know it's been around forever you know nintendo had mario sonic was sega um what have you and you know competition is a good thing but at the same time, why would you cut yourself off from a huge portion of the audience, the, the consumers, the people who are wanting to buy your product? So I get why PlayStation people were upset that they essentially got cut out from this, you know, because, I mean, you have to have a pretty decent PC to be able to play Starfield in a lot of games that come out these days. Um I can't play Death Stranding on PC, even though it's part of Game Pass. Um, I could, but 
the lag is real. So I, I get why people are upset, but the fact that they were going and trying to get Starfield to fail before it even really came out, simply because they were pissed that they couldn't play it. Um, that's fucking stupid, in my opinion. How are you that miserable with your own life that you have to go and try and ruin somebody's livelihood? Because these people have lives. This is their means of income. This is their means of paying rent or mortgage, feeding their families. And you're trying to make sure, essentially, that they fail with their job and that they, you know, more than likely would uh, lose their job. You're trying to get their studio to close because their product is a failure because you review bombed it. Like, good job. Um, so that being said, these rumors started um, pretty recently with uh, X, uh, like Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves. Um, Xbox Era posted an article less than a day ago, as I'm recording this, um, saying that uh, these rumors have been going on for a few weeks now that Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves are going to be showing up on PlayStation. And, you know, now Starfield has been added to that list. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know so much of uh, what to think about this. If it's true, then great. You know, people will be able to play these games that a lot of people, you know, a lot of them were really upset that they weren't able to play. That's great. But it also makes me wonder, what was the point of buying Bethesda in the first place and buying these other studios? Like, um, Sea of Thieves is a first-party Xbox exclusive. You know, Hi-Fi Rush was developed by a studio under the, the Bethesda umbrella. And, of course, we know that um, Starfield was done by Bethesda Game Studios, the same studios behind... Uh, games like Skyrim and Fallout. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. Like I, like I said, I don't really put too much stock in rumors. But if it's true, then I don't know. Maybe, maybe Microsoft just has some sort of deal where they... It was a time limit thing with Starfield because Starfield has been in development forever, you know, since at least they finished with Fallout 4. So, um, yeah, and, that, and of course that was before the deal, uh, before uh, Microsoft bought them out. So, I don't know. Um, I just, I, I hope that people will be happy that this sort of thing and who knows maybe we'll get games like spider-man on xbox i would love that i just i think the whole console war thing is stupid i know kelsey has said that on the show but i wholeheartedly agree with him like i i've never liked the, the exclusivity like in people just being 
you know, upset because, well, I can't play this, so I'm just going to trash it. Like, anybody who tries to start a console war with anything I've posted, I just block them or mute them. Because I, I don't think that that mentality is healthy in any way, shape, or form. Competition is, but not to the point where you're trying to destroy somebody's livelihood. Or, you know, just don't yuck other people's yum. Um, I have so many games on PlayStation that I would love to play. Spider-Man games, God of War, Uncharted, you know, so many PlayStation games that I would love to play. And I understand that people don't have the money to buy both consoles. I get it. I don't. But that doesn't mean I'm going to shit on every PlayStation game that comes out simply because I can't play it. That's childish. So, yeah. Um, and for, you know, for me, uh, this is just going to be a wait and see for me. If this is true, great. If not, then, you know, it's no skin off my ass. Like, I never expected these games to go on PlayStation in the first place. So, um, yeah, that's about all I've really got to say about that. I know... Uh, Kelsey, I, mean, I basically left this episode to Kelsey because he had a lot more thoughts on this than I did. He's much more into the business uh, sense of this than I am. I just enjoy playing the games. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I do get into the business. Uh, I do research the business part of it a little bit, but yeah, I just, you know, I just enjoy playing the games. You know, I, I'm a fan. Um, so anyway, that is it as far as this episode goes. Um, I do have uh, an episode in mind for more lore uh, episodes. Next up, I think I said that we were going to be doing the Narian War, but then this came up and we just couldn't ignore it. Um, so yeah, that episode will be out fairly soon. So um, if you would like to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky at iangold08. You can find the show on Twitter at StarSandPod and Instagram at StarfieldSandwich. You can find my other shows that I do. Uh, of course, there's Tapes from the Waste that I do with Kelsey here. And then I also have Tamriel Adventures. I just recently put an episode of that out um, addressing the Gold Road announcement as well as talking a little bit about the Dawn Guard faction. And then there's also Super Nintendo, which I do need to do an episode of that before too long. It's been a while. Um, I've been really busy lately. Have I mentioned that before? Um, you can find Kelsey at K underscore B underscore D underscore. And you can find him at his other shows. He does First Aid Spray. He does Two Carrots. And also Gears Intel. We're both really busy. Um, we both have a lot going on. Um, yeah, also, I should mention that I am going to be participating in the Fallout Feed roundtable that just started. We are going to be playing Fallout 3. I have actually um, started streaming a little bit more. I streamed some Fallout 3. I uh, rolled my character. Well, my character was rolled for me, and so I created the character that I was rolled. And then I did some of the starting stuff. I... Um, did you know? I exited Vault 101. There's that whole fantastic intro with that, and then I explored the uh, nearby elementary school and did a little bit around Megaton. So I'm going to be trying to stream, oh, streaming a little bit more. Um, 
you know, just, <laughs> it's been a while since I've streamed regularly. I don't know how regular this is going to be, but um, I'm definitely going to make an effort to stream a little bit more now that I got, you know, the roundtables going again. Um, but you can also find me on some other people's streams, uh, like Kaiju Kittens and Charo Miami, as always. Um, so yeah, definitely be on the lookout for me on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash and I'm also a part of the Modus Files podcast. I got a couple of characters that I play on there. So uh, give uh, our good friends at the Modus Files a follow. And as well as the Fallout feed, of course. And yeah, that about does it. So as always, stay safe out there, Spacelanders. 